One dark and stormy night, a child got lost in a large city. He was alone, he was confused, and he was crying. His tears were probably pretty hard to see through the heavy rain. And as he stood there, terrified, shivering from the cold, and desperate to get home, two police officers found him. They were able to understand enough from the boy's description about where he lived that they could point him in the right direction. So the first officer said to him, Son, it's easy. You just take this road down about a half mile and turn and cross the big iron bridge. Turn to your right, follow the river a little ways, and you'll see where you are. From the blank stare on the child's eyes, they could tell that he was still confused. And that's when the second officer said, why don't you just follow me? And he stuck out his hand. The boy grabbed hold of it. That officer put a corner of his coat over him to keep the boy out of the rain, and he led him safely home. See, the first officer told the boy the way home, but the second officer became the way home, and he led him safely there. And believers, much like that lost and bewildered boy, we too were at one time hopelessly lost in the darkness of sin until by faith we grabbed hold of the hand of Jesus, who is the only way to salvation. Not only does Jesus lead those who come to him in faith to an eternal home with him, but he also walks with us through this life. Now, sometimes as Christians, we, we pull away from him. We wander out on our own. We fall into the many pitfalls in this life. But he's always there to guide us again. He hears us when we cry out to him. You see, not only is Jesus our Savior, Christians, but he guides us because he is also our shepherd. And as we turn together to John chapter 10 this morning, we are going to see the truth that Jesus is the good shepherd. And believers, we need to follow him. So if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn there. John chapter 10, we're going to begin in verse 1. As you turn there, John chapter 10 picks up where we left off at the end of chapter 9. It's been a couple weeks, so I'll refresh all of our memories. In John chapter 9, Jesus healed a man who was born blind. This angered the Pharisees since that healing took place on a Sabbath. At the end of the chapter, Jesus told the Pharisees that the problem was they thought they didn't need any help spiritually, and because of that, it revealed that they were the ones who were spiritually blind. So we pick up now in John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus is speaking. He says this, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Let's pause right here. A, a, a bewildered child in a storm is easy for us to picture and understand. Here, Jesus used a picture that the Pharisees couldn't understand. You see, shepherding was a common profession there in that day and time, and many shepherding towns would have a communal sheepfold or sheep pen. 
During the day, shepherds would take their sheep out to the surrounding areas to graze. And in the evening, they would lead their sheep to that communal pen. They would then trust their sheep to a hired gatekeeper who would watch over them at night to keep them safe. In the morning, the shepherds would return, let in by the gatekeeper, and they would call out their own sheep by name. Now, the sheep in the pen represented those in Israel who were truly the people of God by faith. We've seen in our study of the book of John that the Pharisees thought they were God's children because of their ancestry. But Jesus told them that it's it's faith in the Savior that makes someone a member of God's family, just like it is faith in the Savior that makes them a member of his flock. And Jesus is the shepherd of that flock. As a shepherd, Jesus is the one with the right to lead and guide the sheep because the sheep are his. Now, sheep sheep won't follow someone else. Even if someone else were to call out to one of those sheep by its name, it won't follow that person because they don't recognize their voice. They know the voice of their shepherd. That's the only one that they are going to follow. Likewise, followers of Jesus Christ will only follow him because he's their true shepherd. But not everyone is in the Lord's flock because not all have faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, some who are on the outside are thieves and robbers. They want to get at the sheep for their own personal gain. They're destructive. They don't care about the shepherd. They don't care about the sheep. These were the Pharisees. They didn't care for Jesus. They didn't truly care for God's people either. Now, they... They fancied themselves the spiritual leaders of God's people, but the truth is they were only interested in the praises of men, positions of power, putting on this facade of righteousness. That's what they wanted. They weren't shepherds. They weren't even sheep. No, as one pastor put it, the Pharisees, they were thieves and robbers doing the work of the devil to spiritually fleece and slaughter the people. Like thieves and robbers, They didn't care about the sheep. They only cared about their own gain. And it's not surprising that the Pharisees didn't understand the metaphor Jesus was using. After all, Jesus was communicating spiritual truths. And as he had just told them at the end of chapter 9, they were blind to the truth because of their unbelief. And the fact that they were not God's sheep is seen in the fact that they weren't following the shepherd. They didn't know his voice. They didn't listen to him. He didn't go where he went. The Pharisees, their leadership of the people was destructive. That's why Jesus called the Pharisees blind guides in Matthew chapter 23. He called them blind guides. Listen to what else Jesus said. In Matthew 23, he told the Pharisees this. He said, You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. The Pharisees were blind guides, but not only that, they were deaf to the voice of the shepherd. They didn't understand what Jesus was saying. So Jesus continued, look at verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. 
I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's pause right here. I love how in his constant grace and patience towards stubborn hearts, Jesus breaks things down to clarify it a little for them. Jesus said that he is the gate. Another common practice at the time was that without a hired gatekeeper, when the shepherds watched over their flock at night in the pen, the shepherd would sleep in the entryway. In other words, the shepherd acted as the gate. There was no getting into the sheepfold without going through the shepherd. In the same way, there is no entry into the flock of God or the salvation that he offers without going through Jesus. As the shepherd, Jesus is the gate. He is the way to eternal life. Thieves and robbers, they're all about themselves. But Jesus came for me and you. He came for this whole world. Without Jesus, we are left on the outside. And on the outside, that's where we'll find nothing but false promises. That's where thieves and robbers abound. That's where enemies like wolves prowl around. Before Jesus came, there were many thieves and robbers. False leaders. Those who came and hurt the people of God instead of leading the people closer to God. Those like the Pharisees. But Jesus said that his, his sheep, those with saving faith, they don't listen to those people. Think back for a second to the blind man in John chapter 9. He was willing to be cast out and ridiculed by the Pharisees because he began to realize that Jesus is worth following. And he came to put his faith in Jesus despite the best attempts of the Pharisees for him to do otherwise. Believers, do not be deceived. There are many spiritual robbers that abound today, too. False teachers who try and woo people with their fast talk about health and wealth and living in legalism or living in sin. They only seek their own gain, and many will be fooled, but not true followers of Jesus. Even if they are persuaded for a moment, they will soon return to the true shepherd because they listen to his voice. So don't be swayed by the teachings of men. Don't be taken in by the opinions of people. Instead, be captive to the sweet teachings, believers, of the shepherd. That means that we ought to listen with discernment in this life. That anything we hear in this life, whether it comes from this pulpit or another one, should always be brought back and measured against the words of God in Scripture. Because it's His voice that we listen to. Because if we are His sheep, He is our shepherd. So he is the one we look to because you want to know something about the good shepherd, Jesus. Jesus has brought us the fullest life. How did David put it in Psalm 23? David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, that is the life that our shepherd has in mind for us. Not an easy life, 
but a full life. Have you ever wondered why so many Christians have found contentment and peace in loss and sickness and in persecution? It's because their heart and soul has found peace alongside the shepherd. Believers, we've only just begun to taste the riches of salvation, the blessings of which we won't fully understand this side of heaven. And while we wait for it, we need to follow our shepherd in the green pastures and in the dark valleys. But sad is the Christian who does not follow the loving voice of the shepherd and who forsakes the safety of the flock when it is available to them. For those believers, temptations, trials, and tribulation will be multiplied. Fears will increase. And robbers lie in wait looking for such foolish prey. And I hope that would not be true of any of us. Look at verse 11. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. Now the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he's demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Jesus is the shepherd. Not just of the Israelites who put their faith in him. He said that there were other sheep he was going to bring in also. There's the Gentiles who had come to faith in Jesus Christ as well. Together, we are in one flock under the same good shepherd. Why is Jesus the good shepherd? We offer a few observations. Why is he the good shepherd? First, because he will never leave us, believers. See, the hired hand, the under-shepherd, doesn't care for the sheep the same way. And up to this point, God had given his people spiritual leaders, the priests and the Levites, just like today, God gives his people pastors and elders and deacons. But throughout history, some of these individuals have been more focused on self-preservation, and so they've abandoned the sheep in times of trouble. They don't love the sheep the same way that the shepherd does. But Jesus will never leave us, believers. He'll never leave us, even when we wander from him. Now, on Wednesday, I showed a very brief video to our prayer meeting group. And the video begins with a, a, a poor sheep that's stuck head first down in a long, narrow ditch in the ground. 
as the video begins, someone pulls that sheep out of the ditch. And oh, you can, you can tell how happy that sheep was. Starts running around, bouncing all over the place. And less than 10 seconds after it was pulled free, it takes a running leap and dives headfirst right back into the same ditch where it was just rescued. And I started to think, what a picture of what we so often do in life as believers. How we fall into a pit of sin or trouble many times by our own making. And Jesus comes and rescues us, pulls us out, puts us on solid ground. And then no sooner have we been rescued that we, we willingly dive right back into the very thing that had ensnared us before. Isn't it interesting how often as believers we start to think that maybe God is withholding something from us. That maybe there really is some good pleasure or joy out there in the world and he's keeping me from it. And so we start to wander from him. And as soon as we wander, we start to realize that the world, it really is a barren wasteland that's full of deep pits. That it's a place where there are thieves and robbers and ravenous wolves waiting to devour us. Believers, we need to remember in those moments that it's only the good shepherd who can lead us to green pastures and quiet waters. That only he can satisfy our thirsty souls. Now, thankfully, thankfully, in those moments where we realize and repent of our wandering, that's when we can recognize that the shepherd's right there. That we might have wandered from him, but he never left us, believers. And he will never forsake us. Jesus is the good shepherd. Second, Jesus is the good shepherd because he knows us. He said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Believers, Jesus knows us. And not just our name, not just the moment we put our faith in him, not just our favorite color. Jesus knows us. He knows us. This is the deep and affectionate knowledge of the one who loves us and wants to guide us. It means that he knows your deepest hurts. He knows your present struggle. He knows your desires, your hopes, and your needs. He knows us because he loves us. You talk about love. The third reason Jesus is the good shepherd is because he laid down his life for us. You see, unlike hired hands, true shepherds cared for their sheep, were willing to lay down their lives if they had to. For example, before he became king over Israel, David was a shepherd. And he describes in 1 Samuel 17 some of the ways that he took his own life into his hands to defend his sheep from lions and bears. The shepherds were willing to die for their sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd because he did die for his sheep. In fact, this was the very reason and purpose for which he came. You see, where thieves and robbers come to take and kill, the good shepherd came to give and to be killed. Hired hands run away, but the good shepherd willingly went to the cross for all of us. Jesus is the good shepherd. Because he knows his sheep. He loves his sheep. He will never leave them. And he laid down his life for us. And when Jesus died, it was to take the punishment that we deserve for sin, including all those sins that we willingly dive headfirst into. Because all these sins deserve punishment. 
And so Jesus took that punishment on the cross. You see, Jesus is not some weak-willed hired hand. He's not some mindless wolf or some reckless robber. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Good Shepherd. He has authority to lay down his life, and not only that, to take it up again. And we know that Jesus did take his life up. He rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, where he stands right now, waiting to offer forgiveness and eternal life to all who come to him in faith. And those who do are blessed to become a part of his flock. And they're blessed to follow him. And that, believers, is what we must do, is follow him. We're going to face many temptations in this life, many trials. Things are going to distract us. We're going to be tempted to wander out into the world and wander away from Jesus as though something better is out there. Let's not be deceived. The good shepherd knows where the green pastures are. He knows where the quiet waters are. He knows where the ground is where our feet will not fail. And don't be mistaken, there are many people who want to destroy our faith. Let's avoid those robbers, those thieves, those wolves that want to scatter the flock. And let's understand this truth this morning. It's very simple but very important for us. And the truth is that if we are a part of his flock then we need to follow the good shepherd. If we are a part of his flock, then we need to follow the good shepherd. But how do we do that? What does that look like? We follow him, believers, as we keep our eyes on him and as we listen to his voice. Let's stay focused on Jesus because if we don't, we'll be distracted by the things of this world. We'll be distracted by our own desires. We'll be distracted by sin that causes us to wander. We'll be distracted by bad teaching. So let's keep our eyes on him. Let's listen to Jesus by constantly coming back to his words in scripture. By staying faithful to go to him in prayer. And by listening to his spirit as he leads us in this life. Believers, let's follow the good shepherd. And let's do that together. Many believers have chosen to abandon the flock. When they do, it's not surprising that they will be found not following the shepherd the way that they ought to. Some of us may know believers who are there. They're a part of the flock, but they don't take part with the flock. They're not following the good shepherd as they ought to. Believers, let's look for ways to lovingly encourage them to be where they ought to be. But maybe you're here and you know that Jesus Christ is not your Savior. You've never put your faith in him. Please know that if that is true for you, then that means that you are not a part of God's flock, you are not a part of his family, that you are separated from God. And please understand the truth that not only are you separated from him now, but if you remain that way, you'll be separated forever from God when this life ends in a place called hell. In fact, that is the just punishment for all of our sins. But you see, in his deep love for us, Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross to take that punishment, to take the wrath that we deserve for sin. But after he died, he powerfully rose from the dead three days later, proving that he is who he said he is. He is the good shepherd. He is the son of God. And he is the only one who can forgive us of sin and give us eternal life. And if you have never received that life, Please know that the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you have never made that decision, please know that you can make that decision right now.
Would you pray with me? Friend, if that's true for you, you know Jesus isn't your Savior. You never put your faith in him. He's been waiting for you your whole life. Forgiveness and salvation are ready to be given to you if only you will give your life to him and come to him in faith. If you'd like to do that, you can follow me in a simple prayer like this. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. But I know that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you didn't stay in the grave, but you rose from the dead. I don't want to be separated from you anymore. I'm ready to follow you. So Jesus, today I'm giving you my life. Because I know you can do so much more with it than I can. Friend, if you prayed that, I hope you'll share it with someone before you go. Because this is a flock of God's people that would love nothing more than to celebrate with you. Father, thank you for sending your son to this earth. Because here we were all so helplessly lost, wandering around. We were lost in sin and we needed you. Thank you that Jesus came to die for us, to lay down his life, to take the punishment for our sins. We thank you that he didn't stay in the grave, but that he rose from the dead. Father, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, help us to be faithful to follow our good shepherd. Help us not to forsake the flock where there is safety and encouragement in it. Help us be faithful to follow you. And we pray that for those who have still not made that decision to put their faith in Jesus Christ, that you would give each of us opportunities to share the great news about our good shepherd with them. We pray that in all these things, you'd be honored and glorified. Father, we love you. As you proved long ago when you sent your son, you love us so much more. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name.